just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. We're in the midst of another crazy week. We have Joe Biden's State of the Union yesterday. We'll talk about that, of course. You know, I always ask you to send me your questions, comments, or complaints, either by email at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm, find Rational Boomer Podcast, and you can leave a voicemail. Well, we got a voicemail, and I want to play it for you. This is from a young woman by the name of Candice. Hey, Mike, this is Candice calling from Seattle. I just want to let you know I really enjoy your podcast, and I discovered you on TikTok, and I just really enjoy um, listening. You have a lot to say, and I agree with you know so much of what you say. And the thing I think for the uh, midterms, if the Democratic Party will just play... You know, basically Trump's voice saying how great he thinks Putin is. I think that would be, that would just be chef's kiss. Thank you, Candace. I appreciate it. I appreciate the fact that you're listening and took the time to make this comment. And, and I think you make a valid comment here. What Candace is suggesting is that the Democrats focus on uh, the Republicans and their support for Vladimir Putin and their support for Russia and the invasion. And I think she's right. I mean, we're at a point now, as we're getting closer to the midterms, there's a lot of things that Joe Biden wants to pass to help do better in the midterms. But the Republicans and Joe Manchin are doing everything they can to block everything they want to do. So it's hard to take credit for things that they can't get passed. And I've said this, and I think maybe Candace is suggesting this too, is that, okay, if we can't get anything passed, now what we need to do is just spend the rest of this time taking down the Republican Party, exposing them for exactly who they are. I'm talking, of course, about the January 6th insurrection. I'm talking about all the investigations, Donald Trump's crimes. But the easiest one here now is this whole Putin Russian invasion situation. Democrats got the gift that Donald Trump said, oh, Putin's a genius, and this idea of invading Ukraine is a wonderful idea. That is an absolute gift to the Democrats and a nightmare to the Republicans because Donald Trump has basically attached Vladimir Putin and this invasion on Ukraine to the Republicans. Initially, they came out and they supported anything Donald Trump said. I don't think they believe that uh, Russia would actually go into Ukraine. I don't think anybody actually believed it because it was such a stupid idea. And now we're finding out we were all right because this was an ignorant idea by Vladimir Putin and the Russians to go into Ukraine. So now that we have this, now that this has happened... And now that Donald Trump, as much as they want him to pull back on it, they'll write scripts and he'll step back a little bit, but then he can't help himself. Yeah, Vladimir Putin's the greatest guy in the world. We want him to do whatever he wants to do. And the invasion of Ukraine, oh, great idea. 
Donald Trump cannot stop himself from saying that. And now the Republican Party is shitting themselves because they see that as a negative going into the midterms. And they're absolutely right. It's a fucking negative, all right. If your strongest thing and the thing that people keep repeating is that you support uh, a a vicious, murderous dictator invading a peaceful country, well, that's not going to play well in the elections. Now, what the Republicans would love to do is try to sell the message that uh, Biden is weak and uh, he isn't doing anything. But much like the 2020 election, Donald Trump doesn't listen to anybody else. He does what he wants because he thinks he's the smartest man in the room. Now, actually, the world. He thinks he's smarter than anybody. And I've often said, if somebody you know is dumb, but they want to learn, that's cool. That's good. But if you get somebody who is dumb as shit and think they're a genius, well, now those folks... Those folks are dangerous, and Donald Trump proves my point. So thank you, Candace. You're absolutely right. I agree with you. I think we should focus on the ties to Putin and Russia and the invasion, stick that to the Republicans, and make them live with it through November of 2022. This will not do well for them, and it's pretty plain and clear. All the evidence is there that they did this, they said this, so let's stick it on them and stick with it, and just keep shoving it down their fucking throats until November. I wanted to bring something else up, too. I did a few TikToks today. And every so often, I do my best to get the trolls out of there. I ban every troll I see, but lately I've been getting more and more views on my TikToks. Not sure why, but I am, and it's harder to keep track of all the posts and all the comments and stuff. So sometimes I miss the trolls. Well, one of my videos that I recorded earlier today was taken down for dangerous people or whatever. Now, the TikTok itself was simply about my contention that uh, as much as what America and European countries are doing to fight against Vladimir Putin, the contention I have is that no matter what America does, no matter what the EU does, that's not going to get him out of there. What's going to get him out of there is the people of Russia, the oligarchs, the government, all the people that are suffering through this thing. They are going to be the only ones that have the power to get rid of Putin. And frankly, this whole problem with Ukraine and other problems that will crop up later won't end until Vladimir Putin is no longer there. So I did this TikTok about that, and uh, of course it gets taken down. And it's taken down for the wrong reason, and it's invalid, and I have to resubmit it to TikTok and uh, see if they'll put it back up. I don't really fucking care. I do what I do. I put it out there, it plays, and then it's done. I move on to the next thing. That's the different thing about my TikToks and my podcast. Everything is more about what's happening now. So as I told you the other day, I have 200 podcasts, but that doesn't really mean anything because only the last five are relevant to what's going on now. If you go back a year from now and listen to something, it doesn't really have any relevance. And I'm fine with that. I'm not trying to rack up uh, podcasts that people listen to endlessly. I'm trying to keep people informed by giving them information that's important now, that's current, 
And that's what I want them to listen to. And the same with TikToks. I put them out there and then I forget about them. I come up with other TikToks and I put them out there. So if after it had the exposure it had and they want to take it down, I don't give a shit. But the fact of the matter is it was not a valid reason to take it down. And they will put it up again. They always do. But I, 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 what bothers me is I missed a troll. They got a chance to do this. Uh, and I have the hardest time figuring out who the troll is because, of course, when they bl- take down your video, you can't open it up and see who was on the on the uh, comments. Because if I was looking at the comments, I could figure it out. Now, if I found the person who did this, I would do what I did to Donald Trump Jr. I told this story long ago, but we have new listeners <laughs> and uh, I'll tell it to you again real quick, and then we'll get to Joe Biden's State of the Union. Um, I came across a video that was put out by the Trump Organization. That was the handle on the TikTok, at uh, Trump Organization. And all the videos on this were Donald Trump Jr., and he's he's on coke, and he's crazy, and he's doing stupid shit. So I stitched one of his uh one of his videos, and I made fun of him. Well, within probably 20 minutes of that, that video was taken down. So I knew for sure it had to be the Trump Organization TikTok, whoever is running that, that took it down. So I resubmitted it, hoping that it would get put up, and it did, of course. But what I did first is I went to the Trump Organization TikTok, and I went through a bunch of the videos. And I found that whatever they accused me of, they were doing in their videos. So I reported about three or four of their videos, and then I immediately blocked them. Now, you have to understand how TikTok works. If somebody um, if somebody reports one of your videos, they immediately take it down. Then it's up to you to prove that it shouldn't be taken down. And then when that's done, they put it back up. So as soon as I hit four of his videos, they took them down. Now they had to uh, fight for it to get back, which is exactly what I had to do, except they had four now. And then the smartest thing I did is I immediately blocked them because I knew at that point, then what would happen is a pissing contest. They would do more of mine, I would do more of theirs, and that's pointless. I just wanted to sting them a little bit and then get them out of the fucking way. Unfortunately, you can't avoid all trolls. They will creep in, and they're always the same. They got three or four followers. They've got no content. They've got a weird nondescript picture. And they don't really have any facts. They aren't substantial in any way. They come on and they'll say, well, you're just stupid. (laughs) I've been married 38 years. I've heard that plenty of times. I got skin thick as a crocodile. But so anyway, you can always tell that these people will be probably a problem for you if you let them stay. And that's that's why I block them all the time. But apparently I missed one because they were able to take down that one video. But you know what? I don't worry about it because I'll do four more tomorrow or six more tomorrow and four more the next day and four more the next day. I don't give a fuck what they do. I'll try to avoid them the best I can, but you can't always do it. So in a couple of days, I'm sure TikTok will put 
that video back up because there was nothing in it that was in violation of what they claimed. So that's fine. But by that time, I will have forgotten about that video and on to other shit. It's just annoying. And that's the one reason I really wanted to do the podcast. Because I'm not under those restrictions. I can uh, have Trumplicans listening to this, but they can't shut me down. They fucking can't shut me down. There's just no way. So that's why the podcast is an easier format for me. I'm able to speak more freely and not worry about these little fucking shitty-ass trolls that come in that just don't like hearing what you have to say. All right. Let's talk about the State of the Union. Joe Biden gave his first State of the Union uh, address, and honestly, in my opinion, it was probably one of the best State of the Unions uh, I've ever heard. And I'm 61, going to be 62 soon, so that's saying something. I've listened to a lot of State of the Unions from good presidents and shitty presidents like Donald Trump. His State of the Unions were fucking ridiculous. Now, he came out pretty strong, and he was very unifying, especially in the first 15 minutes. The whole message Joe was giving was unifying. And let's be perfectly honest, Joe's done a hell of a job unifying the whole fucking world against Vladimir Putin. That is quite a feat. There's always been some problems with NATO and NATO unifying all the countries together. Not this time. Not this time. Everybody is unified. And even countries that aren't in NATO are unified with Joe Biden. That is a hell of an accomplishment, an accomplishment that people need to hear about over and over again. Going back to Candace's comments, we need to attach this connection to Russia and Putin to the Republicans, but we really need to blow up all the positivity around Joe Biden and the things he's done. And frankly, there's plenty to um, magnify and let people know. Democrats aren't good with messaging, so we may have to do that for them, unfortunately. The thing is, there was another part of this I was concerned about. There was another part of this I was worried about in terms of unification. I was wondering what was going to happen. I mentioned it in the previous podcast. And that is when Joe is talking about Ukraine, what is the peanut gallery going to do? You know, the chamber. You've got Republicans and you've got Democrats. Now, the Republicans obviously have supported Putin and Russia and the invasion of Ukraine and Donald Trump and all that stuff. Now they're starting to back off of it. But when Joe Biden starts speaking about Ukraine, what are they going to do? Now, of course, the Democrats are going to stand up and clap like they do for every president that's in their party. But are the Republicans going to do that? And surprisingly, the Republicans did. So in terms of Ukraine, the chamber that night, last night, was unified. And that is a hell of accomplishment by Joe Biden. They almost had to do this. They probably didn't want to support Joe Biden in this, but they really had no choice. They were stuck in the middle here. Either they're going to be attached to supporters of Vladimir Putin in Russia, or they're going to do the right thing and be on the side of the rest of the fucking world. And they didn't have the courage to go with uh, Donald Trump at this point, and they were unified at that moment. Now, 
The other thing Joe Biden did was uh, um, he, he went along with a lot of other countries and he's banning all Russian aircraft, both government and uh, commercial, in our airspace. No Russian plane can cross our airspace. And that's a big problem for Russia. I mean, a lot of countries have done that. So if they have to do something with an airplane, whether it be commercial or government or army or whatever, they can only go certain places. Now, what do you do if they cross the airspace? I don't know. Do you shoot it down? Maybe a commercial jet? Well, I doubt that. I doubt that. That's not something that uh, you want to start a nuclear war over. But uh, he did ban them from this airspace, as many European countries have. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I don't know how you enforce that. I really don't. Maybe there are ways I don't understand, but we'll see. Now, Biden needed to be strong, and he was. He was addressing Russian oligarchs, basically saying, you ain't seen nothing yet. You know what happened with the oligarchs. He froze up billions and billions of dollars. As I said in the last podcast, there are 22 oligarchs, the richest oligarchs, and they lost $39 billion in one day. That's got to sting a little bit, don't you think? But here's the thing about freezing things. If it's just a freeze, so if and when these sanctions are able to be taken off because Vladimir Putin's gone or whatever happens, conceivably they get their money back. So it's not necessarily gone forever unless they continue doing what they're doing. But now Joe Biden, he ain't fucking around. He says the U.S. and the rest of the world are dismantling Russia's economy. And instead of just freezing these oligarchs' property and money, they're going to seize this shit. Well, that's a horse of a different color. If you start seizing money and seizing yachts and buildings and what have you, that means they don't get it back. That is really going to fucking freak them out. And apparently that's the next step by Joe Biden and the American government. They're going to start seizing stuff. They're going to take it and sell it and do whatever the fuck they want to do with it. Oligarchs may be pissed off about freezing money, but they know they might be able to get it back. It's kind of leverage over getting what you want. But what Joe Biden is talking about is just taking that shit away. Just taking it away and never giving it back. It'll be interesting to see how the oligarchs respond to that fucking idea. They aren't going to like it. Now, as I said, Joe isn't fucking around here. The U.S. and the rest of the world are dismantling Russia's economy. They're making life very hard for everyone in Russia. Rich or poor, they are all struggling immensely. I mean... It's got to be a mess in Russia. People are standing in lines to get money, but not Russian money. They want foreign money because the Russian money isn't worth a, worth a shit. The ruble is down to one penny compared to a hundred pennies to the uh, U.S. dollar. Well, that's a problem. You had people that had a lot of money in the bank one day, and then they had virtually nothing the next day. There's going to be people very upset about this shit. They're going to need something to get that ruble back and more uh, uh, 
uh, more valuable like it was prior to this situation. And that's going to take some kind of change in Ukraine. It's going to take some kind of change, and uh, we'll see if that comes. Now, Biden is doing very well at pressuring Russia and its government. Vlad is not very popular in Russia at this point. That said, Putin keeps doubling down and getting even more violent, and that's what they do. You know, when they get cornered, they don't ever back off. I'm talking about narcissists and fucking crazy-ass dictators like Vlad Putin and, uh, say, Donald Trump. They won't give up. They can't admit they're wrong. So they just double down and fight harder in hoping that they will intimidate somebody or beat somebody up or beat them into submission. Well, that's not working very well for Vlad Putin. Now, we know that the U.S. and European countries will not enter Ukraine. Ukraine is not a NATO country. Now, as much as we'd like to see um, Americans and Europeans join the Ukrainians and beat these people back, that's not going to happen. They're not going to fight side by side with the Ukrainians. They could easily beat the Russian army if they did that. However, then Putin will pump it up and could go nuclear. He's already threatened that. He's already feeling enough pressure where he's threatening that. So that's the sticking point here. So for all intents and purposes, we could be strong and destroy the Russian economy, destroy Russia from the inside out. But at the same time, as hard as we've worked and as much as we've patted ourselves on the back for standing in solidarity with Ukraine and doing all we can to pressure Russia, if Vladimir Putin is allowed to continue doing what he's doing, we could end up all standing on the sidelines as they massacre Ukrainians. And that's troubling. I mean, Joe Biden said, we're not going in there. Europeans have said they're not going in there. They're supplying all kinds of weapons, planes, and all kinds of shit. But is that enough? I don't know. I mean, Ukraine's a pretty sizable country. It's 42 million. They got 180,000 troops down there trying to take over the country. But let's be honest. First of all, not all those troops are actually fighting soldiers. They're support soldiers. And what we're finding out now is that many of these soldiers are young, inexperienced, and feel like they've been lied to about going into Ukraine. They thought they were doing military exercises. But now they're in a firefight with a country they look as their brother country. They have friends in Ukraine, family in Ukraine, but now they're there to fight. Some of these people are even given up because they don't want to deal with this stuff. We've been hearing about texts going from uh, Russian soldiers back to their moms and crying and saying, I don't know why we're doing this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be involved in this sort of thing. And that's the one problem that uh, Vladimir Putin has. The morale amongst Russian soldiers is fucking horrible. It's not good at all. It's just not good. Now, Biden did say this. He said that uh, should Russia step one foot 
on the soil of a NATO country. They would feel the full force of American power, not to mention the full force of 30 other European nations' power. Now, we can only hope that that doesn't happen. It would be nice to see the Russians enter a NATO country and have these 30 countries go after them and beat the shit out of them. Unfortunately, it goes back to what I said before. Vladimir Putin's not one to step back, not one to say he's at fault. All he's going to do is ramp it up. He's been threatening nuclear weapons. Now, who's to say he just doesn't use one? We don't know what's in Vladimir Putin's head. He's always been fairly even-tempered as much as he's a vicious dictator. But at least with America, he's always been pretty measured in what he said and what he did. That doesn't seem to be the case anymore. He seems a little more rogue. He seems a little more like a wild card, and we don't really know what he will do. Apparently, he is willing to burn his country down, burn Ukraine down, and burn himself down just so he doesn't look like he's weak. And that's a scary person to deal with. I said that when I was young. Um, Where I was growing up, you would get in fights from time to time, probably more frequently than you see them today. And what I learned over the years of of getting in my tussles, that uh, I would much rather fight a big, strong guy than a little fucking crazy guy. Because those crazy guys, you don't know what's coming. They're unorthodox. And they will fucking do anything. There is no limitations. And that's exactly what we're looking at with Vladimir Putin. We don't know what he'll do. We don't know how crazy he is. So we have to be very, very careful with what we do. Because not only would we suffer, but the rest of the world would suffer. It could mean the end of the world as we know it. Either literally or or figuratively, in the sense that it would do so much damage, we'd still be here, but uh, our lives would be vastly different. So this is a tough spot for Joe Biden, America, and all the European countries. they got to keep pressuring him and hope against hope that somebody in Russia does what they need to do by taking Vladimir Putin out of the equation. Now, of course, that could be just removing him, exiling him. In those kind of countries, it could be killing him. Now, that isn't a preferred option for people like you and me, but that's just the way they do business. So that's something we have to consider. Again, we have to hope against hope that Russia is struggling enough and has enough pressure on them that they see what is the truth. We've got to get... Vladimir Putin out of office. All right, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Vladimir Putin and, of course, Russia, they love being bullies. I mean, that's their whole strategy. We're big, we're strong, we're going to intimidate you. Their goal isn't to get into a fight. That isn't what a narcissist or a sociopath does. Their plan is to be so intimidating that people just drop everything and run or roll up in a ball and die. That's what they hope. And, and, and it's justified because they've done it before and it's worked. They came into Ukraine thinking that they could puff up their chest, stand on the border, and these people would run in, in Ukraine. But they didn't. 
So now they had to enter the country, and uh, their bluff was called. Now they go into the country, and they start tearing things apart, killing people and what have you, but that doesn't work. Ukraine still is very resolute in what they're doing and uh, standing up to the Russians. Now, at the point Russia's army came into Ukraine, and Ukraine started fighting back and actually gaining some ground, killing 4,500 soldiers, taking out tanks and planes and ships and all this stuff, stuff that nobody expected. Well, the Russian army was exposed. It was exposed as not being as tough and as strong as we all thought it to be. And that's, that's very typical of bullies. I mean, once you stand up to a bully, you find out more than likely they're a coward or they're not as tough as they'd like you to believe. And that's what's happened in this case. That's what's happened. And uh, frankly, Vladimir Putin is embarrassed by it. And that is the absolute last worst thing you can do to a narcissistic sociopath or psychotic They can't stand being embarrassed. That is the worst thing you can do to them. That is the thing that will get them to act irrationally, lash out, become violent. And that's what's happening here. And again, we have to worry about him ramping things up and going to the nuclear weapon card. Sounds crazy, but clearly Vladimir Putin, at this point in time, appears to be fucking crazy. Now, here's the thing. Trump LaFucks loved to say that Russia would have never invaded Ukraine if Donald Trump was in office. And we know that's a joke. The fact of the matter is they invaded Ukraine probably because of the help that Donald Trump made. Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin said that uh, Ukraine had a uh, server with all of Hillary's email. They said Ukraine had uh, Hunter Biden's laptop, which they never found. And then, of course, there's the tape of uh, Donald Trump coercing Zelensky, blackmailing Zelensky into getting Biden dirt, or he would hold back all kinds of uh, military funding, military aid. In this time, of course, Donald Trump was speaking badly of NATO, trying to split apart NATO. Now, Donald Trump's not smart enough to come up with all this shit. Clearly, his close relationship with Vladimir Putin had something to do with this. Vladimir Putin's um, an expert at manipulating people, and when you've got somebody as stupid as Donald Trump, it's not hard to do. You can see Vladimir Putin's influence with Donald Trump trying to weaken or make Ukraine look bad in order to justify going into Ukraine. If everybody hates Ukraine, then who cares if they get invaded and overtaken by Russia? Fact is, we would still care because of the whole concept of Russia trying to expand. But Donald Trump was helping to set this up in the beginning. Now, I don't think he was an intentional asset. I think he was a useful idiot, and he continues to be a useful idiot. Now, a lot of Trumplicans will say, well, they didn't invade when Donald Trump was in office. 
because he's tough on Russia. Well, I saw an interesting video yesterday, and uh, John Bolton, the former Secretary of State under Donald Trump, was interviewed on Newsmax. And of course, the Newsmax folks were uh, promoting Donald Trump, talking about all the great things he did and talking about how they were for Putin and for the uh, um, invasion. And this Newsmax interviewer listed all the sanctions that Donald Trump levied. (laughs) He said that Donald Trump sanctioned the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. They said, or he said, that uh, Donald Trump sanctioned a bunch of oligarchs that were close to Vladimir Putin. Now, the fact of the matter is what he actually did was, uh, what John Bolton said was, yeah, we didn't sanction Nord Stream 2. We should have, but we didn't. What you put up on the screen there is a patent lie. Then he said regarding the oligarchs, that those sanctions were set by Congress. Donald Trump did everything he could to fight against those sanctions. So he wasn't tough on Russia. He was trying to help Russia when Congress sanctioned them. John Bolton basically said the obvious. Donald Trump's a dumb fuck. He said Donald Trump didn't know where Ukraine was. He didn't know what it was. He said that Donald Trump was so fucking stupid that when looking at a map when John Bolton was president or present, um, Donald Trump pointed out Finland. And he looks at Bolton and he says, so is that part of Russia? (laughs) This is a fucking American president, and he doesn't even know what the country of Finland is or if it's connected to Russia. What a dumb piece of shit. The fact of the matter is Donald Trump was part and parcel in starting this invasion. And the reason why, according to John Bolton, that Vladimir Putin didn't invade Ukraine while Donald Trump was in office. First of all, they thought he would get back in office in 2020 because they were helping him to cheat. They were meddling with the election, but they were wrong. But another reason why they didn't invade Ukraine under Donald Trump is because John Bolton said Russia didn't feel as though their military was ready. It wasn't prepared. It wasn't in good enough shape to go into an invasion. Now, that makes a little sense given what we've seen today or on this invasion. Clearly, the Russian army is inept incompetent, underpowered. We've got a bunch of young kids there that are conscripted, meaning they were drafted into the army. They didn't want to be there. They had to be there. And now they get in there. They don't know what they're doing. They're being lied to. I'm hearing that they're feeding these kids MREs that are expired as of 2015. They can't even feed these kids decently. It's a real problem, you see, because these young kids, these soldiers are coming in and creating all this chaos and damage and killing people. They, for all intents and purposes, are the invaders, the enemy. 
But when you look very closely at it, because these young kids are following orders, and that's not an excuse, but because these kids are following orders, they're more like a victim, a victim of Vladimir Putin. He's lied to them, he's mistreated them, he's used them, and now he's forcing them to do things they don't want to do. There are some soldiers from Russia that are just dropping everything and saying, fuck this, I'm not doing it. We've got this big convoy, 40 miles long, headed toward Kiev. But it's been stalled. And you know why it's been stalled? They don't have enough gas. They don't have enough resources. They're having all kinds of problems. We had heard that uh, EU has given Ukrainians 70 jet fighters. I haven't heard anything more about that as yet, but that's what we hear they're getting. The most amazing thing is that they set up this um, convoy, 40-mile-long convoy, to go into this fight, that in itself shows their incompetence. Can you imagine a 40-mile-long convoy of military vehicles, tanks, and all these sorts of things sitting out in the middle of nowhere, stalled for whatever reason, wide open, sitting ducks to any kind of attack, whether it be those jets or other situations with, uh, with the Ukrainians? This is a stupid move. This, this is the kind of move only somebody who thinks that there is no question that they are going to wipe these people out. But everything that's happened up to this point says otherwise. They just can't, they just can't stand up to Ukraine. Now, what could happen here is that, uh, as I've said before, when he gets cornered, Vladimir Putin would likely ramp things up. Now, I'm not talking about nuclear weapons in Ukraine, at least as yet, but he's going to ramp it up with more serious weapons, more violence, more destruction, and then we've got the Ukrainians have to do deal with that. And as I said earlier, we're all going to stand on the sidelines, just watch a massacre if that's what it ends up being. It's a difficult situation. These Ukrainians and President Zelensky have kind of become heroes and iconic uh, in this world. People are rooting for them, but other than providing military vehicles, uh, weapons, planes, those sorts of things, they really can't do much. I know there's a lot of people that would love to, but they just can't. Now, the biggest trouble with Donald Trump is how he's affecting the Republican Party, over this situation with the invasion of Ukraine. Again, he said that Vladimir Putin is a genius. He's saying that the invasion was good. The Republicans started out supporting Donald Trump because they will support anything that Donald Trump says. And then they realized, well, now that they're actually in the Ukraine killing people, this may not be a good side to be on. So they've really pushed uh, Donald Trump to try to step back or circle around or circle back, as they say, and try to get out, get the Republicans out from underneath this bullshit that's going to take them down. Well, you have to understand with Donald Trump, you tell Donald Trump to do something, he's definitely doing it. He thinks he's the smartest man in the room. He thinks he's the smartest man in the world, and that is dangerous. So he'll come out, and like I said yesterday, he will come out and say, well, this 
invasion's a terrible thing. But Vladimir Putin is really smart, and our our leaders are really dumb. He just can't stop doing it. And he won't stop doing it no matter who's telling him. And the fact is we're hearing that uh, um, we're hearing that a lot of his advisors are going, Jesus Christ, dude, shut up about this. You're killing us here. Just shut up about it. Focus on, I don't know, Biden being weak and causing the problems in Ukraine and talking about how terrible Ukraine is. That would be the smart move. That would be the smart take for Republicans to take against the Democrats. It's not accurate, of course, but that would be a more reasonable way to uh, fight against Democrats. Now, as I say, you tell Donald Trump not to do something, the fucker's going to do it. That's just who he is. That's just how he acts. It's nothing new. It's always been the case. The last five years, that's all he's ever done. So the Republicans are having a lot of problems right now. It goes back to what I said before about sticking Russia and Putin to the Republicans. And as much as they want to separate themselves from it, and they're trying to do everything they can to do it, here comes dumbfuck Donald Trump sticking it back on him. I've always said we should never cut off Twitter or anything where Donald Trump can speak up. Because every time Donald Trump speaks up, he fucks himself up. He fucks the Republican Party up. So we need to let him speak out. I'd like to say his app is going great guns so he could speak out, but it's not. It's a piece of shit. It's a failure, just like we'd expect from Donald Trump. Everything he does is a fucking failure. Now, the Senate Republicans joined by Joe Manchin. Let's get off... uh, Ukraine a bit. This just happened yesterday, and I think it's worth noting. Senate Republicans joined by Joe Manchin, a Democrat, voted to block or even debate a bill that would codify Roe v. Wade and protect it from being gutted by the Supreme Court. Now, that's even though 72% of this country support Roe v. Wade. So Joe Manchin, a Democrat, a guy we've had a lot of problems with, is against a woman's right to choose, a woman's right to control her own body. But because he's also against Build Back Better, he essentially ended the child tax credit. You know that one where we pulled 50% of, people, 50% of children out of poverty? Well, that tax credit is gone. So those 50% that were brought out of poverty are now back in fucking poverty. And Joe Manchin's all for that. My question is, Joe, what do you have against kids, for Christ's sake? You you are against abortion, but once these kids are bored, you don't want to give them any money. You're all about giving the rich people money. You know, it's funny. During the... During the... uh, speech by Joe Biden, the State of the Union. Um, As I said, the first part with Ukraine went pretty well. Everybody seemed to be unified, uh, Democrats and Republicans. But when he started talking about other things, like uh, taxes, like sending $2 trillion to the rich, the 1%, he got all kinds of booze from the Republicans. 
which essentially suggests that these people are for giving $2 trillion to the rich and nothing to the middle class. How is that a good idea when you're trying to win an election? Basically telling the people you're counting on to vote for them that they don't fucking matter. Let's just give the money to the rich. There was some booze for that. There were also some heckling from guess who? Oh, I bet you can guess. Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And this came up when they were talking about uh, Afghanistan. They don't like what Joe Biden had to say, so they booed. But guess what happened when Lauren Boebert booed? Yeah, her own people, Republicans, booed her. Because they know she's an idiot. They know Marjorie Taylor Greene is a fucking idiot. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene, how much more trouble could she get in? If I'm Marjorie Taylor Greene sitting in the State of the Union, I'd just keep myself closed off, not attract any attention, keep my mouth shut. Aren't you in enough trouble? You may be expelled expelled, uh, from uh, the Congress anytime soon, but you're still yapping away. She's certainly not going to get reelected. Marcus Flowers, who is running against her, should wipe her out pretty quickly, pretty easily. But they should just get rid of her now because she is a danger to this country. Now, just a note about President Zelensky of Ukraine. Apparently, Russia's government sent a group of elite Chechen special forces specifically intended to assassinate President Zelensky. For whatever reason, they think by killing Zelensky, that will help them to take over the country. But see, the thing is, Vladimir Putin doesn't see it properly. Vladimir Putin sees himself as the only important person in Russia, and maybe he is, that if he was taken out, then there would be a vast change in government. But Zelensky's more democratic, and you could kill Zelensky, but that doesn't mean you're going to end the democratic movement. But nonetheless, Vladimir Putin, ill-advised once again, sent Chechen, Chechen assassins in to try to kill Zelensky. But guess what happened? (laughs) They don't say exactly what happened, but they say Ukrainian soldiers eliminated them. I have to think they killed them. They wiped them out. But the interesting thing is um, the way they were tipped off about this is interesting. And I got to think they're going to have some trouble for this. Now, the Ukrainians wouldn't known about this at all. This elite group was just sent in. This elite group of special forces from Chechen um, went in to kill uh, Zelensky. But the Ukrainians were tipped off by Russia's Federal Security Service. Russia tipped them off. Russia's Security Service. Apparently, Russia's Security Service is against the war. Now, I wonder how that plays in Russia. You're in Russia. You're part of a government agency. And you go against Vladimir Putin. I can't imagine that's very fucking safe. I just, I don't understand why they did it. But it tells you a lot about what's going on. Vladimir Putin 
has low morale with his armed services in Ukraine. He has absolutely no support in Russia. Everybody is upset with Vladimir Putin. I've got to think that at this point, somehow, some way, some people are looking at ways to get him out of office. And there are any number of ways, as I mentioned. But that's the only thing that's going to end this. Is that going to happen? How well protected is Vladimir Putin? Now, he's arrogant. He thinks he's tough. And maybe there are some open spots where he can be overtaken. Up to now, I guess the Russian military is the only people that support him. And that would make it tougher because they got all the guns, for Christ's sake. But at some point, when the Russian military is being devastated in Ukraine, being lied to, being cheated, being fed expired food, you got to think that's going to change some minds. And when the Russian military decides to change their mind and everybody else is has concerns for Vladimir Putin continuing, you got to think that maybe, just maybe, somebody's going to take Vladimir Putin out of the equation. And as I've said before, I'll say it again. America, Europeans, countries all over the world can do whatever they want. They can put pressure on Russia. A logical person would say, uncle, enough. Let's not do that. But Vladimir Putin isn't a normal, rational person. He's apparently willing to burn down every country around him, his own country and himself, if necessary. So we're dealing with a crazy fuck. So we all have to count on one thing, that the people of Russia, the government of Russia, the military of Russia, or even the oligarchs, somehow have enough about, of the pain and the strain that they're getting in their country because of Vladimir Putin. They know the only way this is going to stop is if Vladimir Putin is out of the picture. The question is, will they do it? Can they do it? I don't know, but I guarantee you this, I bet they're thinking about it, and I bet they're thinking hard about it. All right, let's wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for spending the time to listen. I appreciate it immensely. Again, if you have questions, comments, or complaints, send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm. Look for the Rational Boomer and uh, leave a voicemail, just as Candace did earlier in the program. You have a great day, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.